Welcome to Still Dead from Chipperish Media. I'm researcher and sealed crate at the bottom of the ocean, Dr. <laughs> Kelly Jones. And I'm story expert and filthy demon, Lonnie Diane Rich. <laughs> and we're here today to talk about the Angel Season 3 finale with episodes 21 and 22, Benediction and Tomorrow, both of which are watchers. Is that an ice pick in your pocket or are you just happy to see us? Whatever. <laughs> Nobody cares. Let's raise the stakes. In Benediction, Angel comes back to the hotel without Connor and is unsure if he's made the right decision in letting Connor choose. At the cheap motel, Connor swears to Holtz that he's still loyal to Holtz and wants to kill Angel. He goes back to the Hyperion to see Angel and Cordy has a vision. Angel invites Connor to come along for a late night killing. Lila invites Wesley to come to the club to watch Justine die, but it turns out Cordy's vision was about Justine. Such a small world Los Angeles is. Do any of you who live there know my friend Babs? Of course you do. Anyway, Wesley doesn't have to wrestle with the moral choice of whether or not to let Justine die because Angel and Connor dispatch all the vamps while Justine runs off. Holtz calls Justine to his hotel room and asks her for a big favor, of course, and Justine agrees because she's just a girl who can't say no to abusive relationships. Connor comes back to the hotel, engages in some casual demonism with Lorne, and then gets the glowy whammy from Cordelia, whose bag of magical demon tricks just seems to be endless, although each power seems to be one time only. Fred and Gunn discover that Holtz is in town and report back to Angel, who sends Connor out with them while he goes to confront Holtz. They have a conversation, and Holtz gives Connor to Angel and says he's going to disappear. Fred and Gunn accidentally let the cat out of the bag, and Connor races to find Holtz, who had Justine poke him in the jugular a couple of times to look like a vampire bite. Connor finds Holtz dying and does this weird grimace and says, Angelus, and we cut to black because of course we do. Benediction aired on May 13th, 2002. It was written and directed by Tim Minear. All right, so Dr. Kelly Jones, on the perfect happiness scale with zero at stake this and six at lost your soul, where are you with this one? So I gave it a three, but mm -hmm. only because of Lila and Wesley. So. <laughs> <laughs> My hatred for Holtz and Justine knows no bounds. Oh, God. But the sheer and utter delight I get from Lila and Wesley just... Yeah, I'll watch it, and then yeah. I'll watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Lila and Wesley pretty much saved this one for me, too. It's a three. I mean, this isn't, like, the worst episode, you know, I guess, but it's so annoying. There's all these loose ends. Cordelia is the convenient demon power vending machine. Connor just being, well, you know, Connor is annoying enough, but then Holtz's stupid obsession with ice picks and Justine being, <laughs> you know, well, Justine is so irritating. It's yeah. really hard to enjoy the good stuff, and there isn't that much good stuff. There's not that much good stuff, but what there is is good. I know what there is is really good. <laughs> Speaking of which, moments of perfect happiness, I gotta go straight for Wesley and Lila. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I mean, we don't get much of this, but what we get is really, really good. I love Wesley with a full bottle of wine and a frozen meal. I'm like, I hear you, man. Some nights are just, that's just the night. And then, of course, his his little computer dings with an instant message. <laughs> and it's 
so cute. And of course, he has a MacBook. Of course. Man after my heart, right? Of course. You know? Um, and then he goes in there and there's this like message that just pops up and he just double clicks on it into this tiny little window. It's <laughs> just something <laughs> so wrong and cute about that whole come to the bar, come alone. You know, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> and then we have Lila who's like, I thought the come alone was a particularly ironic touch. I mean, how else would you come? It's just so great. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. <laughs> and I love that you're all, look at his little MacBook and look yeah. at the pop-up message. And I'm like, look at the beard and the hair oh, the and the beard. gray. and the- <laughs> He's so good. He's, He's so, so good. good. <laughs> and it's like a different show. You've Wesley yeah. and Lila, everything's popping. There's electricity. There's chemistry. It's so cool, you know. Um, and I love that moment where he's like, you really don't know the first thing about me, do you? And she goes, probably not. Like, will he go straight to his car or stop to water first? He has to think about it. That's good. I love <laughs> that whole thing with the two of them. And then it's this test to see what Wesley does, but it doesn't feel very good because she's like, you know, I'll save her. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to let her die. As though trusting Lila is anything that Wesley would ever do. I don't know. The whole thing. It's adorable. And I love it, but it's weird. It's weird. And Mm -hmm. Lila was like, you know, I went through a lot of trouble to arrange this show for you. And I was like, holy (laughs) shit, Lila set Justine up with all these vampires for entertainment. Yeah. And then I liked her even more. And I don't really care what that says about me. And (laughs) Well, also, it's Justine. Exactly. Justine getting eaten by a bunch of vampires is not going to leave any of us up nights, you know. No, but but I did think it was funny when Justine is, you know, getting surrounded by those vampires. Mm -hmm. One of them says she thinks she's a slayer. She's Mm -hmm. about to learn different. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, God, thank you. Like, please. (laughs) Please show us what a slayer is not because damn. Exactly, because she is not. But I love also there's the just that moment when Angel and Connor show up mm-hmm. and Wesley just watches Angel fight and there's this look of I mean it's just it's love yeah. on his face and it is it's so sweet, you know? And I love also that he immediately knows that this is Connor. Like, yeah. you know, despite the fact that there's, you know, Connor uh, just a few days ago was a baby, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but I love that he knows it's Connor. I, I mean, I guess like he understands hell dimensions and he can do the hell math. You know, trademark buffering the vampire slayer hell math, (laughs) by the way. Um, We are borrowing that term from them, and it's fantastic. Um, But I just love that he knows immediately, and he's still, even while being so separated, so connected. Yeah, and, you know, Lila was like, who's the Mm -hmm. boy wonder? He moves just like, and Wesley goes, his father. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Wesley's been reading up on Corta. Like, I would think he knows how time moves there yeah um and he's been home so he's been watching soap opera so he's up to speed on the overnight right. grown baby <laughs> trope <Rapid aging> <laughs> but i did love how quickly he put that together exactly really i know because i love that for the people who are unfamiliar with soap operas on soap operas people have babies and then the babies hang around until they're not cute anymore like you know like, and by not cute anymore we're talking like four you know, like <laughs> at that point. And then instantly they're old enough to have sex. And then like that's like they go away to boarding school for like six months and then they're they're grown people and they can start having their own relationships. It's kind of yeah. insane. It was very disconcerting because I yes. thought that's how parenting would work. Oh, right. No, it doesn't. <laughs> It, it really doesn't. doesn't. No, you don't get to skip that middle part where, yeah, yeah. 
It's tough. Um, so I also really loved Lorne in this, of yeah. course. Lorne is always a high point, too, although he's always in the background. Like, he never has his own thing going on and he's tending to everyone else like he you know in the way that cordelia is a glowy demon powers of convenience vending machine he's like an emotional labor vending machine he's just basically hanging around so that he can tend to everybody's like emotional state you know mm-hmm. and um and I, I mean i love lauren and i love that band, but at the same time i'm like you know Dude deserves his own storyline. Like, yeah. let's give him a thing. You know, even Pylea wasn't about him. He didn't yeah. want to go. It was about Fred, you know. <laughs> um, but I don't know. But the thing that I found so weird is how incredibly mature, you know, Lorne seems. Like, he seems so much older. When this was shot, Andy Hallett was 26 years old. Oh, wow. And by comparison, in the first season of Buffy, Nicholas Brendan played Xander was 26. Oh my God. Talk about hell math. Oh yeah. Like Lauren is so like Andy Hallett has this maturity to him and this, you know, I mean, he's just, he just seems so much older. I'm sure part of that is the makeup, but it's mm-hmm. also like his, his, his bearing, like who he is, you know? Yeah. Um, and just, you know, for a little bit of, of contrast, Andy Hallett, Lauren is 26. Uh, Vincent Kartheiser, while this is being shot, is 23. Oh, God. Yeah. So there's not much difference between, you know, between Connor and Lauren, like the actors and their ages. But the the way that they are, like the energy that they have is so incredibly different. And Andy Hallett just seems so much older. You know, his voice is so much mm-hmm. deeper. Like he's yeah. he just like he must have come out of the womb, like full grown. Just like a very old soul because he I has think he's that just an old soul. Wisdom yeah. about him. Yeah. That it's just. And he was able to pull that off as a 26-year-old, yeah. oh, you know? Amazing. It is. It's really incredible when you think about it, because he has the energy of, like, a, you know, at least 40, mm-hmm. you know? And, I mean, he looks young enough, you know, though, of course, there is the makeup and everything. But it's just, like, it's the way that he holds himself, the way that, you know, his energy is just so old and wise. And Andy Halla, of course, sadly died very young. I think he was, like, 29 when he yeah, died. Yeah, he was you really know? young. Um, and it's so sad um, when you think about, like, you know, how much he didn't get to live as, you know, like, the actor and the person but my god lauren is such a gift he is he is absolutely yeah. one of my favorite things about this whole show yeah i adore him yeah no he absolutely is and uh you know and so there he is you know lauren with grew right mm-hmm. you know talking to grew about you know about love and all this kind of stuff and then grew's talking of course about cordelia and then lauren's well aren't you just all sneaky with the subtext <laughs> Which is just like, so cute. Plus, like, somebody needs to explain subtext to Gru because I don't think he's going to know what that means. I'm not sure. Well, like, somehow he picked up on sarcasm and passive aggression. So, I mean, he's getting in there. He's learning. You know? he's yeah, learning. he's learning this stuff. Poor baby. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, too, that Lauren, like, stands up for himself with Connor when Connor yes. starts you know, giving him a hard time. And he's like, since you were raised in a hell dimension by a psychopath, and since that's something I know a little something about, we'll just let that slide. And then he's like, that's Uncle Filthy Demon to you. Yes, I love that part. (laughs) And the thing is that I know Connor's supposed to be all badass and whatever, but if Lorne and Connor had to throw down, Lorne would kick his ass. (laughs) Lorne would absolutely Absolutely. kick his ass. But but he's a lover, not a fighter. Yeah. (laughs) But it was so awful to see so much hatred on Connor's face, knowing how good Lorne was to him as a baby. And it just, I I hate seeing how Connor was raised and how he thinks and how he's Mm -hmm. being used. And I mean, I 
cannot stand Connor. Like, do not get yeah. me wrong. I cannot Nobody stand likes him. Connor. But yeah. just the way that he has been twisted mm-hmm. and raised, it's, it's so awful. And I hate yeah. seeing that on his face. I hate his facial expression 99% of the time anyway. And that oh, kid yeah. smiling is like the creepiest thing ever. It really but is. I just, I hate seeing him look at Lauren. It just broke my yeah. heart. Yeah. You know. No, it's really sad. And Lauren deserves so much better than that, you know? And I feel like Lauren is just, you know, being like utilized by the plot in these ways. And the fact that like he's not even, you know, I mean, he stands up to Connor and everything, but mm-hmm. he's not like, we don't even have a moment where anybody is tending to Lauren's emotional right. situation, you right. know? I mean, that's got to be hurtful. The baby yeah. that you loved is now a rotten teenager, you know? Yeah, we all go through that. But yeah. I'm like, where? <laughs> Usually not in the matter <laughs> not, of a week. Not yeah. in, you know, not in like five days. But right. I, I wanted, you know, Angel or somebody to be like, hey, Connor, by the way, this is the person who took care of you when we yeah. left you alone at the hotel all the time, which we exactly. did pretty regularly. <laughs> he missed the ballet for you, man. Like, yeah. be, <laughs> be respectful. Oh. I know. I have a little goddamn respect. So, and then we have Angel. And the thing is, like, this whole thing, like, I hate Connor. Yeah. Connor's terrible. And this whole, like, Connor coming back as this pissed off teenager and everything is just really not executed well. But Angel's heartbreak. Oh, God. And David Boreanaz, I think, does such a wonderful, you know, does a wonderful job with it. When he's like, there's so much more I thought we'd do before he and Cordelia says grew up and Angel says hated me. Yeah. You know, and oh my God, it's just, it's so heartbreaking. And then when Connor comes back, you know, and Cordelia gets the vision and he's like, it could be dangerous. There's a lot of killing and violence. Want to come? You know, and like <laughs> the way that they have this connection, they've got the play fighting. They fight so well together when they're, you know, at the bar saving Justine for reasons of she's human. So we might as well, but whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's so incredibly sweet. And I love how happy he is and how much he loves that kid and i think that david Boren, like his side of this really works for me like none of the oh, connor yeah. stuff works for me but the way that he does it really really works it was he he was so good in this and and also yeah. being the shallow creature that i am mm-hmm. i just have to shout out to angel and his punching bag oh because damn um, yeah but you know it it that there's going to be a lot of killing and violence want to come. Um, mm-hmm. It did strike me as very tender because yeah. like, he doesn't have the ability to share all the things with Connor that he thought yeah. he was going to share. But Connor is a fighter. And that's yeah. something that, you know, that they can and do And bonding with him on that. Yeah. It's and so sweet. It reminded me so much of um, the BBC Sherlock with oh, uh, yeah. Sherlock and Watson. Because their first case together, Sherlock, Sherlock's like... This is going to be dangerous. You know, I said yeah. dangerous and you said, hell yes. Like, yes, <laughs> between exactly. and Watson. I know. And it's that it's almost that same kind of love. And it's very tender. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, parent child bonding at a bar brawl sounds about right for no, two people that have spent time in hell dimensions. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> for these two. Yeah. It makes sense. You know, so it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And, you know. I mean, Fred and 
done or kind of in the background. They're not really focused on, but I did enjoy them. I love Fred with her little Geiger counter and the magic crystal and she's making this stuff work. And then she's like, Angel Sun, hi. I didn't mean to click at you. Like, she's just so cute. She's so cute. And she had she's one of my favorite lines when Angel yeah. was talking about letting Connor go. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, he survived an unspeakable hell dimension. Who hasn't? Who you can't hasn't? just leave him alone in the uh, streets of uh, LA. <laughs> but it's like, who hasn't? I know. So I she know. Was so really sweet it's really really sweet so then you know after the moments of perfect happiness of course we got to stake stuff mm, um, and the imagine. first thing first thing that i'm gonna <laughs> stake right between the eyes believe it or not is not justine it's Gru. oh it's Gru. if my princess asks tell her i've gone for a walk if she asks like oh my god <laughs> Everything, I am so torn. Well, I'm not that torn. I'm a little bit torn between feeling bad for the guy and being like, dude, knock that poor me shit off and just talk to her, you yeah. know? Um, it, and then I get annoyed at Gru for making me feel bad for him. And I think part of that is because the actor, you know, Mark Letts is sweet. Mm-hmm. And there is a sweetness to Gru, except that he's, it's so whiny and pouty. Like, talk to her. If you've got a problem talk to her about it you know and then he returns and she thinks he's angel and like i don't care i mean i see (laughs) like he's so hurt and he's like i am not angel you know and it's just eh, i don't know and you know i actually would have really liked it better because i think that this would have been the case like when he leaves tell her i've gone for a walk you know if she asks if that was the last we saw of grew and it was like eight episodes later like well into season four when somebody's like hey whatever happened to grew and nobody noticed (laughs) Like, I think I would have preferred that, honestly, (laughs) to this whiny, passive-aggressive stuff. I just don't care. (laughs) Does that make me a bad person? I mean, you like Gru. What did you think of Gru in this? I was all, oh, baby, maybe I'll go for a walk with you and cheer you up. Like, I feel bad for him. It's kind of ridiculous. But yes, I do. We have to use our words. And so he needs to have this conversation with Cordelia. Whining and, you know, it's just talk to her. You know, be like, should I get off the pot, Cordelia? I can go find a job or do something. I don't know, you know. But I mean, like, he's just, it just just gets old after a while. And speaking of things that get old, oh my God, Justine, I don't care. I don't (laughs) care. (laughs) And we have this ice pick again with her Uh, well you know she's got (laughs) a thing seriously like it's ever since he put the ice pick through my hand ice picks have been kind of our thing and then he asked me to puncture his jugular with an ice pick twice you know and that's love and i'm just (laughs) i mean in the same way that some people after a breakup can't listen to a particular song you know this bitch is gonna be like i can't i can't see an ice pick it just breaks my heart (laughs) Ice picks were our thing, you know. Um, I have to buy all my ice in the bag where it's already crushed up because I can't. I can't. I can't handle it. It's just too much. It just reminds me too much of Holt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. God, it is terrible. I think it is she's kind of looking at Holtz and she's like, you know, you got really, really old really, really fast. And like, yeah, okay, I'll stab you. No, she was still like- totally into him. He had to actually do it. He grabbed her hand. And made her stab him. She couldn't even do it. I'm like, God damn, Justine. 
Justine. I don't know. Well, anyway, this episode of Still Dead is brought to you by Justine's Custom Ice Picks. <laughs> Justine's Custom Ice Picks are versatile tools with a million different uses. Only one of them nonviolent. Go to JustinesCustomIcePicks.com and use the code Dear God Make a Stop to get your discounted <laughs> mutilation weapon of choice today. Or instead, you could choose to take the $3 you might spend on an ice pick and just give it directly to Chipperish Media so that we don't have to sell kitchen gadgets that can kill you to make it through the month. Supporting Chipperish Media gets you not only the satisfied feeling of supporting the independent podcasts you love, but you also get to access exclusive content and the Discord chat, where you can hang out with Angel fans in the fully spoiled chat room, where we dive into all the stuff that's coming up on the show that we love so much, you know, most of the time. Go to <laughs> patreon.com slash chipperish to find out more. Also, just to be clear, we here at Chipperish Media do not endorse using an ice pick for anything other than its original intended purpose <laughs> i know what i want for christmas <laughs> i want it uh, <laughs> justine's customized pick.com i want one that i can keep in my freezer and just absolutely <laughs> and fake a vampire attack whenever you want to um all right so here's my question for you um we're not staking, I guess, Holtz. I guess we're ice-picking Holtz. We're ice-picking Holtz. Yes. <laughs> this is a new thing. So, if the medium is the message, yeah. and <laughs> we're using the same form of violence, but one yes. is a stake made of wood, and one is a stake made of ice, what is yes. the message? I can't even, I can't even make sense of this dumbass shit. I can't do I it. don't even know. But Holtz is the worst. Holtz is completely stakeable in this episode. Holtz is the worst. And like, I yeah. like Holtz as an antagonist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this, this? Yeah. I'm sorry. You raise a baby, you love that baby. Period. Mm -hmm. Even yeah. if it's Connor. Yeah. Even, even if it's Connor. It's Connor. <laughs> even if it's Connor. Like, you would love that baby. And yes. Holt sending Connor to Angel yeah. and the way that he is manipulating him. And he says, walk in his world, learn all you can, discover what of him is in you so that you may yeah. fight against it. And I like came up out of my chair like, fuck you, Holt. <laughs> like, <laughs> goddamn. <laughs> like, there are there are various ways to parent, but but telling your child, hey, there's all this evil in you and you should go get to know it a little like hell no hell yeah. no, I don't even have like I don't even have the words for like how much I fucking hate this man. Yeah. And mm -hmm. And Connor comes back, you know, talking about Angel, and he's like, I've seen his true fates. And Holt mm -hmm. says, and I've seen yours. And I'm like, fuck you, Holt. It's like, you're oh my God. telling this kid who yeah. was raised in a hell dimension by you, which could not be healthy in any way, shape, or form. Exactly. They're like, by the way, you're evil now. Like, mm -hmm. go. Oh, oh, my God. Like, yeah, no, no. And I mean, the thing is, like, he stole this baby, raised this baby for, I don't know, what is he, 18 now? 16, like around there? 18, right? I don't 16, know. 18 Somewhere. is in that range, right? And so to do something, you know, to be so incredibly cruel. I mean, I guess, like, you know, some parents are truly terrible. But like, you know, he he's it was 18 years. Yeah. You know, like, like a certain uh, level of get over it, I think, is involved there. Like, there's a certain level of put Connor first. Like, if you love this kid, you've raised this kid to go back and then just, you know, to just like use this kid as this last bit of vengeance 
I mean, oh what God. the hell is that even about? I, I don't even. <laughs> then, like, he goes on this whole thing, like, oh, I've raised you. And by the way, mm-hmm. I've told you all this stuff, some of which is true about Angel and mm-hmm. some of which is yeah. not. And I, like, kept you alive in a hell dimension as an infant, which I still don't want to know exactly how Holtz pulled that off. Uh, right. But, but now we're back and I'm going to just, like, suddenly tell you that you're evil. Oh, but by the way, God gave you to me. Like, mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with me stealing you and, like, kidnapping you and, like, yeah. ripping you out of the arms of the father who loved you. God gave you to me. And I'm like, again, fuck you, Holt. Like, I don't even have, like, I don't have enough. There's not enough stakes. Like, I need something bigger. Like, I need a boulder that I can just yeah. mash on his head because, oh, yeah. my God. But then, then, now. I'm on Cordelia's side in this next statement, oh, right. but it goes against, you know, pretty much the entire ethos of the show. Right. So, uh-huh. Angel kind of wants to kill Holt. Right. I can kind of understand why, you know, mm-hmm. and Angel's talking to Cordelia about this and, and Cordy says, oh, I don't care. Kill him. He stole right. Connor's childhood. So kill him. Yeah. But don't lie to your son. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, what? Wait, like, Really? I don't like okay because I'm agreeing with this because I'm like hell yes kill him like yes but but I don't think that's what Angel's supposed to do now like my moral compass is not the one that is guided by the powers that be and we would not listen to me in this situation because I would smash the man against a wall as hard as I possibly could but but the what mission the hell, is Cordy? save humans. Right. Like, and this is the thing is that we give her this moment where she's like, don't do this, Angel. You know, and he's like, well, I've got to kill him. And she's like, no, kill him. Absolutely. Don't lie to your son. And, and also, I, like, I'm with her on don't lie to your son. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm with her on that. But also, like, I, I don't believe that Cordy would be like, kill him. Although I guess. No, I don't know. I don't think so. I still don't think so. Like, if somebody took your kid and I mean, this kid was like Cordy's kid a little bit too. I mean, she and, and Angel were really playing mom and dad and, um, and they all loved Connor and they all, you know, grieved that loss. And it was, you know, it was a lot for everybody. So, I mean, I can kind of understand, like if, if somebody took your kid as a parent, you would be like, Oh yeah, kill them. But, but they do. I mean, this is, they, they don't kill humans. Right. Like Holtz is, human for a given value of you know human but i don't know like it's just it is it is a little bit weird it does it does you know it it clunks a little bit for me as a line it feels like they wanted to give her something surprising to say so they gave her that yeah and i I can't help but think of darla Mm -hmm. right because like if she's in some other plane and she's watching this nonsense like do you think she's just getting incredibly pissed off and being like i staked myself for this yeah. Like, come <laughs> right. on! Like, for I, this nonsense? Did I shave my legs for this? I yeah, staked no, I myself think she's... in labor for this bullshit? <laughs> like, hell! I think oh. she's like, thank God I staked myself when I did before the show got fucking ridiculous. <laughs> she's like, yeah, y'all thought I getting pregnant was exactly. weird? Like, yeah. <laughs> I staked myself and I went over to Dexter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> She's feeling pretty good about leaving when she did. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So moving over into research mode. Okay. One of my questions is this. 
Benediction is the name of this episode, right? Benediction, the utterance or bestowing of a blessing, especially at the end of a religious service, right? Okay, now, uh, maybe I'm just being incredibly thick. I don't see the connection between benediction and this episode. There are no blessings in this episode. And it has that kind of like, you know, that religious connotation to it. And there's no religion, really, aside from, well, God gave you to me, blah, 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 you know, um, whatever. See, I see this as Holtz, like the father slash cult leader. Yeah. Because he's basically raised Connor in the church of Holtz. Right. And so when he gives Connor to Angel, I read that Mm -hmm. as like he's bestowing this blessing. Like, I will give you back your son. Oh, okay. But what he's really doing is cursing both of them because he's setting Mm -hmm. Angel up and he's using Connor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, I think for Holtz, yes, this was like the most evil, vindictive benediction that he could Mm -hmm. ever, that he could ever do. And like to be that twisted from someone who used to be a man of faith, I thought fit him really well. I just hate him so much for it. Well, he's terrible. And the thing is, I did love Holtz as an antagonist. Yeah. I love him as the antagonist, like the vampire hunter chasing Darla and Angel. I loved him, you know, being stuck on this vengeance for what Angel and Darla did to his family. Like all of that stuff, I think, is actually really, really good. It's this coming back mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, whatever. And like, what is his plan, right? He wanted Connor to find him dying, right? And then he wanted Connor to presume that Angel had killed him. Um, but he couldn't have known that Fred and Gunn were going to take him to the ocean and that Fred and Gunn were going to have a conversation, you know, away from him, but that he could actually hear and that he would run there at that moment. Like He didn't control any of that. So... What exactly was his plan? It just seems so incredibly stupid. I think he planned on Connor finding him dead. And he just got the bonus of Connor finding him dying. I guess. It just seems like it's... It's really not a great plan. Here's the thing. For all the writers out there, (laughs) when your evil villain is planning something, and there are so many elements that are not in his control that he's not controlling that are just kind of happening. You have all this coincidence to like build up that drama. But if you're, if your villain is not pulling the strings to make all those things happen, then it's just like, it's so empty. It's just like, okay, well, I guess this is the way things happened and whatever. And then we have that horrible and jealous <laughs> moment from Connor, which is the worst, it's So bad. which is the worst. And then we have the whole thing with the slucks, right? You know, where Connor was like, okay, so I just were following, I was following the slucks around because they were able to just apparently hop back and forth between Earth and Kortoth this whole time. But Kortoth, the rip in reality is supposed to be like this big deal. It was a huge deal that Sajan was able to rip reality. We can't have a portal. And we did all this stuff trying to like rip reality again so that we could get back over there. And it was this whole big deal, you know, um, but the slucks have just been coming back and forth this whole time. He's like, all I had to do was follow the slucks and then I did it, you know. And then <laughs> Connor's plan, because when Holtz comes back, he's like, you know, I didn't want you to follow me. I was going to come back or whatever. Um, so his plan was to go through this rip in reality, follow the slucks, kill Angel, and then go back to Kortoth. Like, 
He, I mean, he was, he says that, you know, that um, Holtz had talked about Utah, mm-hmm. you know, that he had told him about, and obviously, like, given a choice between Earth and even Los Angeles, right? And, and I'm not saying Los Angeles, for the people who live there, calm down. I'm not saying Los <laughs> Angeles is terrible. I'm saying that the Los Angeles in Angel is this very dark place, but it's still better than, you know, I'm presuming Kortoth. Right. Um, which is, you know, an actual hell dimension. So so his plan was to escape to the place where things are like not so bad, um, kill Angel and then go back to the hell dimension. Why not? Why wasn't the plan to get to L.A., kill Angel and then go to Utah, go to the ranch, go to the places that were supposed to be nice? Like, why is that not the plan? Because he's 16 and Kortoff is the only home he's known and he, his brain is jelly. I mean, he's, I, I keep thinking of him as 16. I have no idea how old he actually is. I think is. he may be. He may be. Yeah. 16, it, who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter. It, he strikes me as like... He's literally seven days old. Yeah. Old, I mean... Old enough yeah. to swing a battle sword, not old enough to drive. Somewhere in there. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Kortoff was the only home that he's known. And like Cordelia said, he thought he belonged there. And like, if you're raised by a psychopath who keeps telling you that you're evil... Uh, maybe that is where you think you belong. I just fucking hate Holtz. Yeah. Can I just I know, even Holtz say, is terrible. Like, the way he raised this kid, I just hate it. But Holtz talked about Utah. He talked about how nice it was going to be. Yeah, that's true. You know, and going back to the place that's nice, as opposed to the place that's filled with these demons that want to kill you all the time. Like, it seems to me, like, you would be like, all right, I realize I've lived here for a long time. It's the only home I've known, but I'd like to go somewhere with frozen yogurt. You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking... Give what is the this, choice? What is this ice that I keep hearing so much about? And how does one break it into little pieces? <laughs> JustinesIcePicks.com. <laughs> so the other thing, too, that I just, I don't, like Cordy's powers of convenience. Like we had her in the previous episode. The slucks were there and she glows and they all die. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Great, right? Um, then we have her with this new 360-degree experience vision, right? Where she's in the virtual reality of the club and she's yelling and blah, blah, Then she finishes up that vision. They go off. And then she's able from where she is to just watch what happens at the bar. So that's another new power, right? It seems like we just they're just pulling these powers out like Cordy can do this and Cordy can do this because it's a you know she's a power vending machine it's just like whatever we need in the moment she can suddenly do mm-hmm. with it not being and and it's so like her powers are so undefined it's like she glows a little bit and whatever we need you know we've got Right. You know, then she does this glowy thing with Connor where she burns the, you know, she gives him the soul colonic. Right. As uh, as Lauren puts it. <laughs> and she burns out all the pain of Kortoff and whatever. And she can see how everything was for him. She can see into his soul, but can't see that he wants to kill Angel. Yeah. Or that Holtz is there manipulating him. Like, yeah, it's, just, it's so convenient. Everything that she can do and the things that she can't do and none of it is defined and, and none of it's really earned it's all weird and it's a very temporary soul colonic mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. really i right. i don't know i think we need like a 30-day money-back guarantee on these new powers yeah because uh, it makes no sense it makes yeah. no sense 
No, none of it makes any sense. So I'm going to go ahead and brood. So the end result of this nonsense is that Connor, who already hated and wanted to kill Angel, now really super hates and wants to kill Angel. (laughs) So, okay, whatever. Can we just get to tomorrow already? In tomorrow, we get the most frustrating season finale of television in any dimension. And oh my fucking God, y'all, I can't even write this summary without needing to stake it. In what might be Angel's worst day ever, Justine frames Angel for Holtz's murder and Connor pretends to be the son Angel's always wanted and moves into the Hyperion while secretly plotting his revenge. Gru and Cordelia finally both realize that Cordy's in love with Angel and Gru leaves. No, finally. (laughs) No one knows where he goes, and I may be the only person who cares. (laughs) But Lauren leaves, too, heading to Vegas for a new gig after having had just about enough of Connor's demon hatred. Things heat up between Lila and Wesley as she continues to try to recruit him to the even darker dark side, (laughs) giving us some truly delightful moments of perfect thirsty happiness. (laughs) Lauren tells Angel that Cordelia loves him the way he loves her. Connor practices fighting with Angel, and they defeat the team that Wolfram and Hart sends after Connor together. Angel feels like all his dreams are coming true, but nothing is as it seems. Cordelia and Angel plan to meet to talk about their feelings for each other. But en route, Cordelia does what we all do on the way to meet our true love. She stops to chat with her demon guide and decides to become a higher being. Without so much as leaving word for Angel, because, hey, she decided this was all a test from the powers that be, and none of this makes any sense anyway, so why the hell not end this as convoluted as possible? Oh, my God. And in the midst of all that nonsense, Connor shows up in Angel and Cordy's spot, and with Justine's help, beats Angel, locks him in a crate, welds it shut, (laughs) takes it on a boat, and drops it to the bottom of the ocean. Oh, God. Yes. Cordy ascends to become one with the light as Angel descends to the cold depths of the sea, trapped for eternal starvation and torment. And you thought raising your teenagers was hard, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow aired on May 20th, 2002. It was written and directed by David Greenwalt. All right, Dr. Jones, perfect happiness scale. Stake this at zero, lost your soul at six. Where are you? (laughs) So... I gave this a three. Uh I hate this ending more than I can ever express. (laughs) But this episode gave me the emotional crate metaphor. It did. absolute wicked delight with Wesley and Lila. So it gets a three, even though I hate it so much. I know. It's terrible in so many ways. But I love Wesley and Lila so much that it comes to a three. And I actually do like, like, as bad as everything is, I mean locking a vampire in a crate and dumping him at the bottom of the ocean. I mean... Oh, yeah. It's intense. Like, I mean, that's actually pretty cool. Everything else is stupid. Oh, my God. It's brilliant. Like, in in, and for what it is. But the the stuff with Cordy... Like, I can't... I can't... Oh, my God. I can't even. The stuff with Cordy is the worst. I can't. I don't... all right. Oh, yeah. But we have a framework. (laughs) We have a framework. Thank God we have a framework. So let's start with moments of perfect This is why we have a framework. So that (laughs) when nothing makes sense, we have a structure oh and people season four is coming oh i'm just God. saying buckle in it is gonna be a rough ride Woo! 
But it's worth it because there is good stuff. There is good stuff. Uh, All right. So, like, so why don't you tell me what's good? Okay. Because I think it's going to be the only stuff in season four that's good, too. <laughs> so we have Wesley and we have uh, Lila. Oh, oh my, my God. God. And, and just it. every interaction between them. You know, Wesley's yes. at the bar. Lila's all, mind if I join you? And Wesley, <laughs> this is like the best response to a pickup line I have ever mm. heard on many levels with great intensity. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh God. I love it so, so much. I love it so much. And and she's yeah. trying to recruit him. And mm-hmm. he's all, oh, yes, I'm sure you care about me. And she's like, right. I care that your great big brain is going to waste. And I'm like, yeah. roar. Change change out swap out brain with another body part and that I, th- I think is what she's more interested in and you know what don't blame you lila go for it girl you get yours yeah but i you know mm-hmm. i think the brain is there too um oh man yeah but there is this really intense moment between the two of them that you see lila kind of slip out of that slick professional mode Oh, yeah. And really tap into this dark curiosity that she has. Yeah. And she's like, what was it like when she cut you? And Mm -hmm. Wesley just freaking grabs her by the throat so fast. Oh, my God. And he's like, are you terribly anxious to find out? I'm like, this is the most dark, twisted foreplay I have ever seen. And I I love it. Wesley is so dark. And I mean, of course, if you think back to Billy. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, like with the way that he was with Fred, how much that made him question who he was as a man, Yep, that he would treat some like, uh, you know, any woman that way, but like, especially Fred, but then to grab her by the throat mm-hmm. after that and like, you know, and I mean, threaten her. Yeah. I mean, oh, oh my, my God. God. When he, it was good. It was so good. And when he said, are you terribly anxious to find out? I was like, okay, yeah. stop. Like, <laughs> I, have to, I have to take a moment. <laughs> like, I've really I have to take a moment. I have to take, like, where is the ice? Oh, my God. Wait, it's getting so Justine, warm in here. Get a bad ice <laughs> pick. Like, oh, my God. Come Quick. Some ice. ice pick stat. <laughs> but I was like, okay. But is oh she, God. though? Like, is uh-huh. Lila anxious to find out? And it really called back to the previous episode when the vamps were talking about Justine not being a slayer. And I was like, okay, well, is Lila, as this force for evil, also just a little bit in love with death, the way that they say a slayer is? I think she's in love with danger. Uh. I think that Wesley is proving to her to be dangerous, and she just can't help poking him. Like, she just, she was constantly she is constantly i you know i said come alone isn't that a little bit ironic i mean how else would you come like (laughs) everything that she says to him is looking for that yeah for that you know and i mean part of it yeah her her great big the great big brain line you know i mean is a professional like you know professionally she's like i want you to come over to the dark side i mean come on over Mm -hmm. to to you know wolferman heart and do some damage you know and i think that she's like that part of it is her professional you know like but but I think that she is, you know, I think that she likes it. I mean, she quite clearly likes oh, it. Oh, yeah, she likes it. Because <laughs> she likes it a lot. Then we cut to what is maybe my favorite scene in the whole mm-hmm. series. Oh, in the I, whole series, in the right? the whole series. And oh, my God. I don't care what this says about me because Wesley and Lila are in bed. And oh, my God, 
Oh my god! Oh my god! Whatever it says about you, it says about me too. So at least we're in it together. We are in it together. You know, and she yeah. says to him, "You sure know how to channel your rage, frustration, and <laughs> hate." And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" <laughs> I know. But then we get the lines, and I think that you and I have to like read these together because uh, we quote it all the time anyway. And y'all, we do. This is this is romance. At Chipperish, mm-hmm. this is what happens mm-hmm. when we go dark. So do you want to be yes. Wes or do you want to be Lila? Oh, I'll be Lila. Okay. Ooh. All right. I'll be Wes. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Don't be thinking about me when I'm gone. I wasn't thinking about you when you were here. <laughs> damn. I mean, damn. Oh, my God. Damn. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. And when <gasps> he says that, I mean, this is like, you know, okay, for everybody who's been listening to me talk about Dark Wesley, the whole, like, <laughs> this is it. like this is and and this is the thing like this is part of what i love it's what i love about lila and wesley and it's what i love about spike and buffy you know and i think it's this whole thing of like they don't care Mm -hmm. you know like they there's they're not trying to impress each other they're not trying to like you know be all like you know care and like and there's something about that that opens up this space for such complete honesty yeah. and i find honesty in a relationship incredibly sexy i think that's it yeah i think that's it because there nobody's is tiptoeing no... around anybody's fragile ass feelings. yeah like they're just being completely straightforward and honest and there's something about that that i find really i think that's part of what the appeal of like the you know the slap slap kiss the love hate relationship you know there's there's an appeal to that because it does have this this intense honesty where we're not like worried about the other person's feelings or their fragility yeah, you and know, like, no... and nobody's fragile. They're handling yeah. each other, you know, and I yeah. love it. And there's no performance to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, just exactly. Like raw and uh-huh. so honest, and like you can't. They're not hiding anything or pretending to be anything that they're not, and it is yeah. incredibly sexy. I love that, and 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 I love how Lila reacts too, mm-hmm. because and I love. Oh my god, I love the fact. That we are not doing the Wesley saved from his darkness by the love of a good oh, woman. Oh yeah, trope. Wesley's like, brought into his oh, darkness by the love of a bad, bad woman. <laughs> woman. And I, oh god, I love it. It's and, awesome. And you know he he tells her I wasn't thinking about you when you were here. Yeah, and she just is getting dressed and she's kind of amused. Yeah, you know, and she just smiles at him and she's like. Your former boss has a soul and you're losing yours. You're just new all over, aren't you? And it's I was like, great. damn. It's <laughs> great. So good. It's so Oh, good. my God. And I mean, I love it. You're still here. <laughs> you're still here. <laughs> you know that sinking feeling that you get the morning after it's hit early? <laughs> and she, what did she say? It's like a little death. Yes. Several, in fact. <laughs> Several, in fact. Le petit mort. Yeah, I know. I mean, oh, it's so freaking good. God. I love all of it. I think it's so fantastic. It's so good. And and the two of them together just delight yeah. me to know. And everything that. we've just covered is the reason this got a three for me. Yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> that is why I will rewatch this episode I, I, over and oh. over and over again. I love it. I love it. We'll cut from the bar to the bed and I'll be like, everybody hush. Yep. I gotta hear the line. <laughs> 
it's kind of ridiculous. Oh my god! Uh, but I also really loved Hopeful Happy Angel, mm-hmm. even though we know this shit's not going to last. I know. But when he brought Connor that bookcase and it was oh. full of old books, and I'm like, oh, and they'd have to be old because he was like, these were the books I liked when I was your age, and I'm like, right. okay, that was a really. There were like four books then. <laughs> <laughs> really long time ago. Really, really old book. <laughs> and and Connor, for all of his awfulness, yeah. like he he has some Angelus level I don't know, scheming in him. Yeah. I don't think it's is, Angelus level. Angelus uh, is fun. I, well, that's true. But I mean, in terms of like knowing where to hit. Yeah. You know, when yeah. he's like, I want to learn to be like you. Like there mm-hmm. is nothing he could have said to Angel. Yeah. To blind Angel to what he was really doing more than yeah. that line. Yeah. You know, um, and then we get this craziness. Angel's like, I'm going to take you to a movie. <laughs> and so we're going to go to a drive-in theater mm-hmm. for a kid who has, in fact, never seen a television and might be a little confused. <laughs> And then Wolfram and Hart decides that that's the perfect time to send a helicopter and a machine gun. Oh, my God. What the actual oh hell? subtlety, people. Like, I mean, Linwood, what? what are you even doing? Linwood's like, you threw me down the stairs, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm going to get my helicopter. <laughs> like, Nobody just throws wait. me down the stairs and doesn't get a chance to kill me again. again. Yeah. Oh, my God. And... But Connor plays that so smart, yeah. too. And he's like, stay away from my father. Mm-hmm. Linwood's, you know, we can help you, Stephen. And he says, my name is Connor. And I'm like, yeah, he's got Angel completely and yeah. totally wrapped up now. Yeah. You know? yeah. And and poor Angel, like, he thinks everything is working out, you know. Mm-hmm. Connor seems to love him and Cordelia seems to love him. And maybe he'll get to be happy. And then I thought, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> but not perfectly happy, right? Yeah. There's this. With a steak pesky curse and so i have research questions about angel's happiness but but in the darkest darkest moment Mm -hmm. of this angel's love for connor oh god just broke my heart like the the child is welding him in a crate Mm -hmm. to be thrown to the bottom of the ocean and angel you know says this isn't your fault never forget that i'm your father and i love you and i was like oh my god i know and that's the thing like the connor stuff is terrible but the angel stuff is so good it's so good and, yeah. and and oh god but the the staking i'm like staking is just not enough yeah for what justine and holtz have done to this child I know. like justine is all i'll help you kill him i'm like first of all justine the last time you saw connor he was a baby yeah that you were planning to raise now you were planning to raise him in utah and with you so that was bad but yeah that's but a hell still, dimension of its own. Of, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. But like, how do you take that kind of nurturing intention mm-hmm. and turn it into this? I just... I, I, oh, because and, she's not a character. This is the problem oh. with Justine. Justine is whatever we conveniently want her to be in the moment. I mean, we had this whole thing. She hates these people. She wants them dead. But when Sajan shows up, she's the one that opens the urn and sends them away and like saves everybody and then like doesn't kill Gun, But like... It's all yeah. stupid. It's, it, she it is just... whatever they want her to be in the moment they want her to be it. And she has the potential to be something really interesting. Yeah. But she instead, does. she's just dumb and it's awful. And she leads Connor down this path. You know, mm-hmm. he thinks he has to 
behead the dead body of the man who raised him. Yeah, behead him and then set him on fire. Like, couldn't you just do one? Well, wouldn't one suffice? He's trying to be thorough. I guess so, yeah. But for a kid to have to do that and for her to be dragging it on, I just, like, I I can't even with that. And and then Connor, you know, when he's strapping Angel down, Mm -hmm. he's like, killing is too good for you. You don't get to die. You get to live forever. And my initial notes, I was like, holy shit, this kid is evil. Yeah. But then I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, is evil the right word for what he did? He thinks mm-hmm. he's avenging Holtz. Mm-hmm. He's been raised to believe that Angel is this terrible monster. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, he is an, he is a terrible, awful, very bad kid. Right. But he's also a kid. Yeah. And so, like, I'm trying to decide, is that motivated just by pure evilness or is it the kind of vengeance that he has been raised to exact i mean i think there definitely is that i mean my problem i guess comes more in the writing of it you know because we have we have this stuff we have the moment where he went back to holtz right and holtz was like you know you you're you're liking your father you know and he's like no i i hate him i hate him you know and it would have been i think even with this it would have been more interesting if We'd had some level of internal conflict with Connor mm-hmm. in which Justine is the one who's really, you know, like manipulating him and pushing him. Like she's already manipulated. She's lied about how his father died. You know, she told him it was Angelus. They obviously planned this whole thing because I can tell you right now, you can't just pop off to Home Depot and get a crate like that. Like that's some serious <laughs> planning, you know, or and- a boat. Exactly. Or the boat or any of that. Right. You know, I mean, she's got this whole thing planned. They've got this whole thing planned, you know. Um, But I guess what I wanted to see is some sort of internal conflict with Connor, because, you know, when he's with Angel and when they're saving people like Angel is saving humans, Angel does that like he's got these people who are helping him, like having Connor have some conflict or ask the question, you know, and he he sort of starts to, I think we see that a little bit where Holtz is like, you spent time with him, you like him, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, and Connor's like, no, I don't, I hate him. I want him dead, you know? And, And we play Connor with this like one level. And I understand that he, he, you know, is, but if in the moment where Angel was like, I didn't kill your father, I didn't kill Holtz, you know, if in that moment, Connor wants to believe him, you know, or like wants, needs something from Angel to be like, are you good? And where Connor has, you know, has a conflict in there. I mean, there's a moment where like, you know, Holtz is dead, you know, and he's like, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, good. And I'm going to kill the evil things and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, if he starts to have some con- some conflict about that, if he knew on some level who Holtz really was, you know, right. I mean, he spent a lot of time with Holtz and, you know, kids, I mean, kids, especially at that age, you know, like to believe that their parents are what the parents have pretended to be, you know, but at the same time, like if we'd given him some, some knowledge where when he makes this choice, he makes that choice, you know, but that he's conflicted about it. That it's hard for him that he does in a way, you know, is starting to love Angel and starting to feel things and and is confused Mm -hmm. about, you know, what is good and what is not. Even if he ends up making that same choice, it's just so much more interesting. But it's just played 
as this nasty, evil, you know, it's very straightforward. And I don't like that because I think that you could you could do so much more with it and make it so much more interesting if you give us something to like in Connor, if you give us something to empathize with in Connor. Yeah. But instead, he's just this evil little shit. He is. He's just this little brat. But yeah. I hope Holtz and Justine spend an eternity with ice picks in a particularly nasty hell dimension for what they've done to Connor because yeah. they essentially yeah. stole that child and then they destroyed him. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely you know. they did. And it was, uh, I just can't even. But yeah. I was also really sad about losing Lorne. And, I know. And even, you know, being Lorne, mm-hmm. he makes it funny. You know, he's like, yeah. I'm leaving on the midnight train to Georgia. Well, actually, yeah. the 918 flight to Vegas tomorrow night. But where's poetry in that? And I was like, no, please. <laughs> I just don't wanted to say Rivadochi angel hair. I was like, oh, I love you I so know. Much. But, you know, his last two words to Angel, uh-huh. you know, are don't turn your back on Connor. Yeah. Anytime soon. And I was like, hey, while Lauren is still around, why don't you have Connor sing his favorite little Hell Dimension song? Oh, sure. Yeah. And maybe get a reading before Lauren goes. Right. Um, but then in this, it's so uncharacteristic of Lauren to be yeah. like, okay, here's my parting gift. The way you feel about Cordelia is pretty much exactly the same way she feels about you. Yeah. Some things do work out. Well, uh-huh. first of all. I don't think Lauren would betray Cordelia's confidence like that if she had confided in him. Well, yeah. And I was also like, how does he know that? Did she sing? I was like, did she sing in front of him? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty did obvious. She? Like, I, I don't I don't think so unless she's been humming under her breath. But Right. But we didn't I, have a moment where where she sang in front of him. We're like, mm-hmm. so how does how does he know? Yeah. And and even if he knew, which yeah. I mean, come on, I think everyone I mean, in the hotel knows. I mean, I guess talking to Gru, like he, yeah, you know, got but, it from Gru, but still. But you it know? was like he was giving Cordelia's feelings to Angel yeah. as a gift, and they're yeah. not his to give, and that's not, not how Lorne operates. Yeah, exactly. You know, but then when they use that to mislead the audience, yeah, you know, like some things do work out. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, don't. Right. I hate it when they twist Lauren around like that. Yeah. Um, But next to my passionate hate for <laughs> Justine and Holt yes. is my very, very, very deep and sincere hatred of Cordelia as a clueless higher being and her asshat demon guide skip. Because oh, this whole thing is so dumb. Uh, what? It's so the fucking hell? dumb. I, 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 like, okay. The visual mm-hmm. of Cordy floating up while Angel mm-hmm. sinks down is beautiful. Yes. The but ascension the, and the descension. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. so good. But the storyline is so fucking stupid. Yeah. And, and like... This whole run of Cordelia talking to her reflection of herself and like echoing these words, Mm -hmm. you know, I know it's right. I'm like, no, baby, you know, it's stupid because this makes no sense. Like Mm -hmm. Cordy is in love. Cordy is also a champion. Cordy is a champion who is always going to want to have access to the mall. Well, not only that. She's part of the team. She's Vision right. Girl. She, they need her. She's part of this thing. Like, she would be questioning this. Yeah. That, it was, you know? And, and then it's like all these little things just start happening, and you're supposed to just forget everything you know yeah. about the characters and yeah. everything you know about the story world. Yeah. So, you know, Cordy's stuck in traffic, of course, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they have an entire hotel, but they have to have this conversation at the beach, which right. I don't even know. And mm-hmm. you just know... Like, you're watching it, and you know it's going to get fucked up six ways mm-hmm. from Sunday. Right. And then 
Angel drops his cell phone down the mm-hmm. cliff because vampires are suddenly incredibly clumsy. Yeah. And 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 it's just the stupidest, dumbest, worst thing ever. It is. And so I'm like, okay, Skip, so you've come down and you've like completely screwed this up and Cordelia has talked herself into something that A, she never wanted, B, never mm-hmm. considered, and C, mm-hmm. never would have believed for a second. Right. And now she's become a higher being and I've become a pretty, pretty princess. Yeah. It, and, uh, you know, I know. I know it's right. I uh, don't know. It's no, stupid. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. And then what I hate even more than that mm-hmm. is the idea that becoming a higher being would be better or more important than love. Yeah. Right? Skip is all, oh, what you're being called to do transcends love. And I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but that is total and complete bullshit. Right. And... Cordelia would not have just left, even if she decided, well, sure, this is a great Mm -hmm. time in my life to become a higher being. If the test, right, if the test for the next level of goodness is you must leave the person who loves you with Mm -hmm. no word of where you are and put them through the hell and torment of you just being lost. Yeah. Then whatever is putting you through that test is not a force for good. Is not a good thing. Not to mention the fact that she is Vision Girl. She has a role to play. She is the one who's there to tell him who to save. And if she leaves, I mean, this has been her whole thing this whole time. Is I'm the one who can, you know, connect Angel to the powers that be. I'm the one who can uh, tell him who's in danger. I save people. Yeah. This is what I do. And also, like, Skip presents this to her as though it's a choice that she has. And if it's a choice that she has, she can go at some other time. Or she can say, no, I'm staying here. Like, if they had just taken her. You know, right. if they had kidnapped her, if they had taken her against her will, I'd be like, all right. right. But the fact that he, he sits there and talks to her for a minute and she's like, yeah, you're right. Let's just ascend. Yeah, you know, let's just I do mean, it. no, because, well, first of all, like she knows how important the visions are mm-hmm. to Angel, to the yeah. world. Yeah. And she was on her way to kiss him in the first place. She'd be like, right. look, I got to go see a man about a vision. Let me kiss him and give him the right and give and him tell the him where I'm going, and then exactly. I'll be right with you. Exactly. Like, and even There's that no reason would have been dumb as dirt. But I, mm-hmm. I mean, come no, on. Either it's either make so it against stupid. her will. Yes. You know where where Skip turns out to be clearly not a force for good, and kidnaps her or something. You know, or yes. like give her the time to say goodbye to Angel or whatever. But to have this, it's it, I, honestly it. One of the things I hate the most in the whole run. Oh, yeah, Angel. me too. Just, because it's so stupid. It, it just really, it makes, you have to question everything you yeah. know about yeah. her and the story. Like, we have all been overtaken by a moment of sheer mm-hmm. and utter stupidity because Cordy can glow. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. And, yeah, and the whole stupidity we've been doing with her, the stupid Gru storyline, the yeah. whenever we need a power to clear something out, we'll just give it to Cordelia. You know, yeah, it's also dumb. It's just bad. And I do, I'm really bothered by the fact that we have no idea where Gru goes. Yeah. Or what happens to him. Oh, like, I, don't I don't care. I don't care. I would love it if they had just had him leave 
<laughs> without telling anybody. And like eight episodes later, we're all like, oh, we'll screw here. Like, it we're would screwed. be yeah. really funny, though, if we had just like walked into Wolfram and Hart one day and he would have been like, hail, client, how can I help you? Like, that would have been funny. But I it would have been. But we just I hate loose ends. Again. And we don't ever find out what mm-hmm. happens to him. Yeah. But the stuff with Cordelia did also push me into research mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I can't begin to unpack the stupidity of Cordelia becoming a higher being. Yeah. But there are, like, there's also rational questions for that. So mm-hmm. she's had that glowy power for a couple of days. Yeah. So how is she even qualified? Like, yes, she withstood the visions, right? Mm-hmm. But then Skip yeah. is like, power corrupts and they gave you a lot of power. And I'm like, yeah, and she's had it for like 72 hours. Like, right. And we haven't seen her tempted. We haven't no. seen her be like, We haven't seen the power I... challenge her. Yeah. We haven't nothing we haven't seen any yeah. of that she doesn't even fully know how to use her powers yeah. or what her we capabilities don't even know where are. Her powers are yeah they're it, not it's... defined oh god it drives me crazy so i'm mm-hmm. like i just i can't like when you just reach a certain level of stupidity and sheer utter yeah. nonsense i'm like no oh, she's it's... just magical glowy plot hole spackle that's all <laughs> she is <laughs> okay yeah that is hilarious <laughs> um but then i did have a real research mm-hmm. question Okay, so Connor is strong and he's a good fighter and he's been studying Angel's moves. Yeah. But do we really believe he could defeat Angel? Like, well, he has a taser. So yeah, apparently, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But like on some level, mm-hmm. did Angel let Connor win? Like, yeah. do you think Angel felt like he deserved what Connor was doing to him or like oh, he wasn't willing to fight hard enough to hurt? Yeah, Connor? I don't think he wanted to hurt Connor. I think that's yeah. what it came down to. And that maybe... he doesn't want to hurt Connor, and then that was what gave Connor the edge. Yeah, and and like mm-hmm. maybe he believed in some small part of his heart that Connor would change his mind and come back for him because yeah, it felt like this whole episode was setting Angel up for a whole new level yeah. of love and faith, mm-hmm. yeah. and now that love and faith are being used against him to lock mm-hmm. him yeah. in this crate. Yeah, you know, and if he had said something like that to Connor, if he had said, "It's okay, I know you'll come for me, right? I know you'll change your mind. I know you'll come for me. I know you're a good person, right?" Like if he had said that, that would have been. I mean, my God, what yeah. that would have done to Connor, right? You know, yeah, and and even Connor not stopping to hear Angel say, "This isn't yeah. your fault. I love yeah. you." You're locking someone in a crate, and the last yeah. thing they say to you is, "I love you." You might yeah. pause, yeah, just for a minute, mm-hmm. um. And I love the metaphor for locking away pain. I, I yeah. mean, I love it. I love it. Like this, mm-hmm. this thing gives me life. Yeah. You know, a starving, violent, unhinged vampire just waiting to be unleashed is the yeah. perfect metaphor for locking it up is. your feelings. It is. Yes. But how long can Angel stay alive without blood? And mm-hmm. would he turn into like a living skeleton? Like what would actually happen? I don't know. They can live without blood, but it's not good. Yeah, it's yeah. not good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, but then I did have questions about the curse and yeah. real perfect happiness, right? Because mm-hmm. Angel, before he gets locked in the crate, is so full of hope and, and yeah. he's so cheerful. You know, he answers mm-hmm. the phone. He's like, Angel Investigations, we can help you. I know we can. I know we can. I know yeah. we can. And he's humming. Mm-hmm. And Gunn is like, now he's humming. He's really happy. And Fred yeah. says... But not perfectly happy, I hope. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? This is a lot closer to perfect happiness 
than right. any one moment of sex probably mm-hmm. could be. Yeah. And so we never worry about Angel turning into Angelus mm-hmm. in this kind of happiness. And I'm just curious, like, why not? Okay, so I mean, we have this, like, he hasn't quite, he hasn't spoken to Cordelia yet. Yeah. You know, he doesn't know, he suspects what she's going to say, but he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's still kind of in that in-between space. I think he's just short of happiness enough. You know, but he is really close. He's really close. Like, he's almost Mm -hmm. there is what I'm saying. And, like, if they had gone to that beach and Connor was like, I'm so happy for you, Dad. And Cordy had kissed him and said, I love you, Angel. I mean, would that have been boom? Yeah. Now we have Angelus? Maybe. Hmm. I mean, who the hell knows? You know, he's got to put a tack in his shoe so that he's always a little bit uncomfortable, (laughs) I guess. I don't know. Oh my God, that is my new head cannon. <laughs> Those pants are just a little too tight on purpose. Yeah, you, know, you always gotta, you gotta do something. Oh my God. You gotta do something to make them unhappy. Lord. Well, I don't know. I couldn't get to perfect happiness in this episode, even with Lila and Wesley. So now I'm gonna brood. All right. <laughs> and tomorrow we see Connor twisted to the coldest form of revenge, leaving Angel trapped in a crate lost in the sea. My Cordelia transcends to become a higher being lost in the heavens. Wesley loses more of himself as he dances in the dark with Lila. Mm-hmm. Lauren and Gru leave L.A. and Fred and Gunn are left behind with no idea of what's happened to Angel and Cordelia. All right. Okay. So I really think we can kind of condense. Uh, still thirsty. Your favorite part. My favorite part. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It's all just, it's all just Wesley and Lila. It's, don't go thinking about me yeah. when I'm gone. Yeah. Oh, God. It's so so good. is there, is there a couple name Leslie Ooh. or Wyla? Wyla. Wyla. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's got to be Wyla. Yeah. Wesla. <laughs> Wesla, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. It's awesome. Everything is so great. It's <laughs> so great. So we end season three on this absolute fucking disaster, but we, we get this great new relationship that's yeah, starting. Yes. What were your favorite episodes from season three? Well, you know, I think that Billy, honestly, mm-hmm. is probably the best episode of the season. Um, but I loved Carpe Noctum. Oh, yeah. Carpe Noctum yes. was so fun. It was so fun. And, and I... Lila's been getting some good action. She got thrown on a desk by Angel this season. <laughs> she was in bed with Wesley. And she's doing really good. If she could just pull the hat trick and pull gun into something. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Talk about wasted story opportunity. I know. Seriously. <laughs> seriously. Can you imagine Lila and John? That's awesome. All right. So what were your favorite episodes of season three? I think I agree with you that Billy was the best. Um, but I also really love that vision thing. Because, yeah, well, uh-huh. I mean, that brought Billy into play. Mm-hmm, but also mm-hmm. Lila is so freaking wicked. She in is. that episode. She is she just is. ruthless. And mm-hmm. she's so great. <laughs> <laughs> so great. <laughs> love her. I love so her. great. All right, to join in the discussion on Twitter, follow me at Lonnie Dinerich and Kelly at Dr. Kelly Jones and use the hashtag still dead. For more in-depth discussion, visit the Chipperish forums. Go to chipperish.com, click on forum and join in the fun. Or you can support Chipperish Media to the tune of $1 a month or more and gain access to the live chat in Discord, where you can hang out with me and Kelly and all the Chipperish patrons who have been pissing off a lot of undead Americans lately. (laughs) Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out more. 
This episode of Still Dead was brought to you by Chippers Media producer Mandy Kay. Mandy Kay supports Chippers Media at the power producer level and as a reward gets a demon guide of her very own. Just not skip. We don't trust that guy. <laughs> thank you, Mandy Kay, and thank you to everyone who supports Chippers Media. You guys are the greatest. You are. And if you don't have a dollar a month to throw our way, there are other ways that you can show your love and support for all of us here at Chipperish. You can listen to our other podcasts. We got Still Pretty about Buffy the Vampire Slayer with me and Noelle LaCroix. Listen up a-holes about the Marvel Cinematic Universe with me and superhero scholar Joshua Unruh. There's Orgasm, a podcast about explosive inspiration with Kelly and Noelle. Or Metaphors Be With You, a deep and thoughtful Star Wars podcast hosted by Rob Hyrett. You can also write reviews for us and tell your friends there are lots of ways to show your support yes and we appreciate y'all doing that very much yeah we will be back next time with the first two episodes of season four. Oh my god powers that be help us all <laughs> deep down and ground state both of which are watchers yes until then times like this we're glad we don't have a contest